You are listening to Governance 360, a link group podcast hosted by me, Lindsay Dowd. Hello, everyone. I'm delighted to welcome you to the next Link podcast. And I'm joined today by our head of industry, Jay Baker, together with our share plan expert, Tristan Adams. The subject for today is age of engagement. And really, we're going to be focusing on efforts made by companies to engage with their employees and shareholders. This has really become increasingly under the spotlight with the environment of regulation and corporate governance in which we're operating in, and really an effort by companies not just to take the standard approach of engaging particularly with their shareholders during scheduled events such as AGMs, analyst calls and public announcements, and really to try and expand the engagement which they have with both their individual and institutional shareholders. So I'm going to ask Tristan, please, to kick us off today. Okay, thanks a lot, Lindsay. Last week on the 3rd of October, we as in Link attended the annual ProShare conference. For those of you who aren't familiar with the ProShare conference, it's an event where plan issuers, plan administrators and advisors attend. And I believe there was in the region of 350 people in attendance. One of the main ideas of the conference is to share best practice on what's happening within the world of share plans today and also tomorrow. Jay Baker, Head of Industry, and Michael Kemper, Chief Operating Officer, ran through the topic of 2019 AGM season, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'd just like to ask Jay how that went and what topics were ran through. Thank you, Tristan, and thank you, Lindsay, for, for having me on this, this podcast. Yes, the, um, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the 2019 AGM season. Um, we were, were fortunate enough to be invited to, to talk about that very subject at the ProShare conference. Um, and one of the things we wanted to do was, was to highlight not just the shareholder engagement in AGMs, but actually what the employee engagement is like. Um, so we ran through a set of slides just highlighting first what the shareholder engagement was like and what we're often finding in, in shareholder uh, proxy appointments is that from a registered shareholder point of view, only about 6% of shareholders actually uh, record a, or register a, a proxy appointment, whether that's via paper means or Crest or, or via the internet. When we, when we actually did a deep dive of what's happening in the, in the uh, SIP world, the share incentive plan world, that figure actually reduces to about 3%. So 3% engagement of employees. And why is that? Which is one of the questions we're asking. Why would employees uh, be less engaged than their registered shareholder counterparts? Um, so that that was our main focus of 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 our of our presentation. Um, and we asked some questions of of the audience there. Uh, one being, you know, why do you think that may be? Very little input from from the audience on on why they believed. There was such a difference. And for us, we think that the, the, the question of anonymity for employees might be one that, that's, that's holding employees back from voting. You know, an employee probably doesn't want to be seen voting against the chairman's uh, reappointment or the chief exec's remuneration. So we, we see that as a possible uh, failure. Uh, and I think as well... Are we providing employees with the best infrastructure to be able to, to, to register a, a, a proxy appointment in the future? Is, is the web solution the only solution for them? Um, so we, we discussed how else digitisation of shareholdings will 
will help not just shareholders but employees uh, to, to, to record proxy appointments and to engage with companies. So, Jay, just picking up on one of your comments there, um, do we have any sort of further information or detail or feeling about why employees might not be engaged? It's a very difficult question and one that we've 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 toiled over for some time. I think the anonymity, trying to say that is uh, often quite difficult. The anonymity um, question, I think, is is relevant. Um, I also wonder whether companies are are engaging with their employees enough. Yeah. Um, the the AGM comes about just once a year, um, and if you're receiving just that invitation once a year to participate. Uh, is that enough for an employer to say, do you know, I, I will I will record a vote during you know my busy workload? Um, or is it a question of um, are, there, are, so are, are there any learnings that we any learnings that we could pick up from ordinary shareholdings and how companies engage with them that might then be able to be carried over to the world of share plans possibly? Well, the world is changing um, for for registered shareholders, and of course, most of the shares held in the registered world are going to be held in corporate, you know, pension funds and, and nominee positions. Um, so, when it comes to voting, the retail shareholder, that six percent, for example, includes the corporate and the retail holders, heavily retail. Um, but very small number of shares is, are represented because the big votes are, are with the pension funds and the corporates. Uh, and I wonder if that also translates into the, that employee position. But what's changing there is there are additional voting routes. So for the corporates, at least, there's the Crest, Crest route. Um, so that's, that's the voting via the CSD arrangement. Um, and there's new uh, new voting infrastructure coming uh, at the end of this year uh, via a company called Proximity. Um, that's going to be live uh, across the UK this, at the end of this year, and, and it's already gone live in Australia, uh, and with aspirations to go live across Europe and, and the rest of the world in the next couple of years. So that's changing the way that uh, the, the retail, not the retail shareholders, rather the, the registered shareholders are voting. But the same advantage is not available to the employees. Uh, the employees have one route to vote. Uh, generally, it's it's via the internet. Uh, quite uncommon now is the the paper route. Um, but so we're thinking potentially there some of the mediums that are available to people might actually be a barrier in, um, in their own right. Yeah, I think I think that's probably right. I think that there, there there's a lack of choice um, for retail shareholders and for employees alike. Uh, that will change in time with the advent of of digitization uh, or new digitization, if you like, um, with, with the the advent of new applications and apps on smartphones. Um, we are starting to look at robotics within our our call centres. So a shareholder could now, or an employee could now, call the call centre and go through their choices of voting via the phone in uh, in a robotic way, if you like, without talking to a human being uh, and have their vote registered very, very quickly. And and there, there's other solutions that could also come about too, whether it's SMS or, or even just a straight email or social media. How can we use social media feeds to, to engage more? Uh, and it's not just engagement one way. I've said this um, before to, to, to lots of companies. 
Um, don't consider engagement as being one-way traffic. It needs to be two-way. Uh, so how can you encourage that second-way traffic back to you via, via voting or, 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 or whatever, whatever the, the event may be? Yeah. There does appear to be a growing interest um, in employee representation on, on company boards. Um, do you have a view or a feeling as to whether that might uh, influence um, voting um, interest across those clients? Well, well I think it will. Um, um, we've just seen the appointment of two directors at Capita, for example. Uh, so two employees are on the board there as, as uh, employee members of that board, uh, which I think is great. Uh, I expect we're going to see uh, some more of that. There's an awful lot of press comment about um, board representation or employee representation on the board. Um, and I think the, the attitudes have considerably changed over the last couple of years. Will an employee on a board influence other employees to engage more? I think the answer to that is yes. My hope is that it's yes. Um, but we need to see more people or more employees on, on many more boards. Yeah, gotcha. Um, do we think that the kind of resolutions that are being um, presented ahead of uh, general meetings are impacting the levels of voting? So, for example, um, if there was a particularly topical um, resolution, are we seeing a high degree of voting there? That's a very, very good question. Um, it, it largely depends on the company. Um, I think if you, and I don't want to name companies here, um, but there are certain retail retailers, for example, that, that would probably receive more engagement as a result of being a retail brand. Um, a, a small manufacturer in Carlisle or, or Bristol, wherever it may be, might not receive the same type of engagement. Probably because the makeup of the register will be slightly different, naturally, um, where the company is constituent uh, in the listing regime. So uh, we're actually thinking the industry might also impact or influence uh, the voting take I, I, I think so. Uh, what we have found, and it is pretty consistent through our analysis this year, and, and actually during 2018 too, is that the registered shareholders... It's about 6%. 5.97 this year, 5.8 uh, in 2018 are voting. And, and that's when you consider um, that that 6% means 94% of proxy cards are going into, are going into to waste or, or into the bin. Um, you know, that, that's, that's pretty shocking and, and more so for employees. So the engagement isn't there. I, I agree that it is when it comes to the custodians and, and or rather the pension funds, um, but not enough is being done for the retail holders and those small holders represented by employees. So, Jay, I've sat in on various um, conversations over time and I have heard that not all uh, client companies actually uh, promote or offer voting um, to their employee uh, shareholders under a share plan. Do you think there will be a growing drive as we go forward um, to almost uh, make that compulsory? I think there will, and, and that will be driven largely by the shareholder rights directive. So SRD2, as it's known, um, becomes live in the UK from September next year, 2020. Uh, and as part of the shareholder rights directive, the, or one of the aims of, of SRD2 is to create this transparency within the shareholding chain. 
Now, an employee within a, a share incentive plan is is not a directly registered shareholder, but but nonetheless has 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 um, has a has a holding within the company um, via that trust arrangement. Um, so yes, I think it will be it, it become incumbent on companies to ensure that all investors, all stakeholders in that company, uh, all investee stakeholders, uh, at least should try and part of, should be allowed to participate, should be invited to participate. Um, so I think we probably will see an increase in, in employee engagement in that regard. Whether they vote, whether they actually engage as an employee uh, remains to be seen, but I would hope that they would. Yeah, good. And on, on a related theme, we, we're effectively talking about those that are in a, a share incentive plan. Um, if an individual is in a, a share save, of course, because they are not a shareholder until they've exercised and appear on the ordinary reg- register, yeah. um, under the normal voting regime through mechanics, they wouldn't have a voice on that front. Um, not within the SAYU, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's only upon exercise and they come onto the register, uh, then they have that, that exercisable right to be able to, to participate within the within the decision-making process yeah. at the AGM. So there's potentially um, some work to be done there as individuals migrate from being in a share plan to then appearing on the ordinary share register as a shareholder in their, their own right. Yeah, I think um, it, the retail question is an interesting one. Um, why, why are there shareholders on the register uh, individual shareholders on the register now most of those are are people that have made an investment decision to to invest Um, most people do that via their ISIS and and PEP arrangements employees on the other hand um, see this as 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 a great opportunity to invest in the company in which they work without real perhaps understanding of what the end result is and becoming a shareholder in the company, what does that actually mean? And I wonder if companies could do a better job, and I don't know whether whether um, enough is being done, to educate the employees that participate in SIPs, to educate them as to, to what the outcome is going to be. What does it mean to be a shareholder? What do, what, what are my rights? Uh, what do I, what am I expected to do? What will I receive? Um, and, and many employees who become shareholders, I guess get inundated with with stuff through the post because they might not have registered to engage in electronic communications, as an example, and all of a sudden they're receiving a report in accounts, they're receiving uh, a dividend check for small value, large value, who knows, Um, they might have received a share certificate. What do I do with that? That might be the only investment they've got, and I just wonder if if we could educate those people more, um, would we see better engagement backwards? Is it worth at this point then um, summarising some of the um, sort of next steps um, for companies to think about going forward? The sort of the takeaways. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. What for for us here at Link, um, what's very important for us is is the future digital world. Um, we've got dematerialisation coming at some point in our future. Uh, 2023 2025 but but ahead of that what we're trying to do here is create a more dynamic digital um, solution for shareholders and employees and we're always seeing that bear fruit 
So between 2018 and 2019, uh, there's been an increase in web voting, for example, um, up from 3.3% in 2018, up to 9.2% in 2019. So a big increase in, in shelves engaging via the internet. Uh, we've seen uh, uh, an increase in crest voting, up from 63% up to 67.5%. Um, so again, that's great news for, for the pension funds and the custodians and nominees of this world. And vice versa, paper has, has shrunk from 33% usage in, in 2018 down to about 23.5% in 2019. So we're already seeing the reliance of paper going and the increase in digital uh, uh, taking over. And paper has been declining for some time in terms of uh, usage. So our message to companies is embrace the digital. Um, and that's what we're trying to do with all of our clients uh, to become more digital uh, and allow their, their shareholders and employees to exercise their rights via alternative methods. So we've heard a lot there, Jay, about how um, e-communications and digital can support um, individuals when yeah. voting. Yeah. I'm just wondering whether um, whether this fits into the wider piece as far as um, greater awareness of individuals about financial education and what they're signing up to. Um, yeah, I th um, the the problem is is that the education piece I think would need to fall onto each of the issue companies that are running the schemes. Um, now that and I say the problem there is it's a matter of resource. Um, do are, are the companies sufficiently resourced in order to be able to to provide that education piece? Or is that something us as registrars and, and share plan agents uh, and uh, administrators uh, are in a good place to do? I'd like to think it's a combination of the two. Um, we are in a unique position to be able to advise our clients uh, on the best way to educate their employees in relation to these, in, in relation to shares and, and share plans. Um, and I think we should be doing a lot more of that with our companies and clients in order that they can pass that information on to, to their employees in a cost-efficient mechanism uh, and on a regular basis. So rather than leave it to, to the AGM piece or the, the share release piece, um, to actually do something a bit more regularly via intranet sites and uh, or other communication channels, linking back into us, uh, uh, and and we stand ready to help. It it goes back to the point I was making earlier. These these investors, uh, these employee investors, this might own this might be their only share investment. Uh, and uh, I I question whether they they have sufficient knowledge in order to be able to understand exactly what's what's needed of them in the future. Whether it's whether it's voting at AGMs or perhaps a general meeting that comes up, or what if the company is subject to a takeover? Um, you know, we, we, we can we can help them understand all of these questions much earlier in the game, uh, and and I would hope with that regular communication from from the from the from the company direct, shareholders are going to be or employees and shareholders are going to be in a better place to understand what they need to do in the future. Jay, so. I'm just wondering whether there, there is any best practice which is being undertaken on the ordinary share register world, which could then carry over to the world of share plans. And as an example, um, 
holding shares in a company, I can register upon the company's website to receive um, videos and updates yeah. on their annual report and accounts and similar. Yeah. Do we think that is travelling across to the world of share plans? I'm not. I'm not sure. That's a very good question, Tristan. Uh, what? Yeah. I mean, what we see in the ordinary world uh, is, or the ordinary register world, um, you know, companies are, are are required to make R&S announcements, for example. So every uh, every relevant material change or material uh, announcement has to be has to be routed through an R&S uh, announcement. Um, and shareholders generally, not all retail shareholders, but all the all the all the custodians, most certainly, and the pension funds and and sophisticated investors uh, will be linked into those R&S announcements. So so they're getting up to the minute news uh, via via R&S and other news feeds. Um, the, the the single holder retail holders or and and the employee holders might not even be aware that R&S even exists. Um, and these are very easy to set up and you get an email uh, bulletin to confirm that an announcement's been made and, and hey presto, you can, you, you're getting that information the same time as everyone else. Um, and I just wonder if companies could do more to educate shareholders about those feeds or to invite the, the shareholders and or employees to, to click on a link on the, their own websites to it. Lots and lots of companies do that. Click here for more information. Um, and, is there enough being done at the employee level to, to, to educate uh, to educate the employees to go and do that? And I'm not sure that there is. Yeah, because I guess some of this um, partly comes down to uh, the company's view on share plan participants becoming an ordinary shareholder. Yeah. So, for example, um, is it the com- is it for the company to make um, the employees aware of where they can get more information, or is it for individuals to self serve? Um, well, I don't, I, it, again, another great question. I, I'd like to think it's for the for the for the uh, company to say to its employees, "We've got these great schemes available to you: tax advantage schemes. Um, this means that you'll become a stakeholder and an investor in the company." And why not tell them more? Um, you know, explain what being an investor is all about. Um, these are your resources that are available to you. Uh, these are the links within the uh, the intranet site that will take you to uh, the registrar's portal or or to to a broking site or to a share dealing site. Once you become a shareholder, this is what else you can do. And once you become a shareholder, this is what what else will happen. We'll declare dividends from time to time. You'll receive a check in the post, unless. You register a mandate to have your dividends paid electronically. You will receive an invitation to participate in the AGM and to vote via proxy. What does that mean? To explain those processes and procedures and keep them available always online within the within the uh, intranet site or whatever uh, resource you have at your company, I think that employees will become much more familiar with it rather than just, as I said before, just receiving a share certificate in the post when the SIP... Um, you know, when you withdraw from the SIP, what do I do with that? And as I say, if you only if that's just your sole share investment, it can be difficult and daunting to, to deal with those investments. Well, I'd like to thank both Jay and Tristan very much for that very interesting and thought-provoking discussion on welcome. engagement. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. So I think we can see that um, the journey from shareholder to employee through to share plan participant and the engagement required is, is, is still evolving. Um, it's very much a, a watch this space. 
Um, what I took away from that is that there are various triggers for this. First of all, we have the reactive standpoint, which is uh, with the introduction of SRD2 and the transparency required around that, so that companies are going to be giving a lot of thought to how they can engage their shareholders and their employees. There are obviously some great proactive developments in the market space around digital. And Joe, that was very interesting to hear mm -hmm. further what we actually in Link are, are, are doing in this space, which is certainly going to help with engagement and transparency. And I look forward to hearing more about that. But also that there are certainly some companies out there who are doing great work to actively yeah. engage with their employees and their shareholders and actually looking um, at how they can develop this past just the usual engagement points of the AGMs or when there is a crisis or or, or meetings with investors that are specifically diarised and, yeah. and really how you can look for opportunities to increase the level of communication. So as I said at the beginning of the summary really, this is a very much an evolving and developing area and we'd be delighted to hear from you, our clients and companies listening to us. If you're doing anything particularly innovative or if you have any data around how your policies are helping to increase the level of engagement of your shareholders, please do get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast description for more information on this episode's guests and presenters. And if you want to get in touch with any of us, we'd love to hear from you.